It is a beautiful day for another podcast episode. Welcome back to Girls Gone Healthy. I am excited to get through today's episode. It is a really rainy day in SoCal right now. There's a big storm that's coming through and people were telling us that it was going to be absolutely insane. And honestly, it just kind of seems like an elongated drizzle to me. But I think that um, LA and north of us is getting the heat of it. There's a lot of flooding going down in places like Beverly Hills, um, even in San Diego. I was seeing some places to like Long Beach I think I saw this like TikTok where um, a car was pretty much underwater in Long Beach so very grateful that that's not the case around here but needless to say I'm in need of some sunshine already and the storm just started the last two days have been very dreary not SoCal weather at all it hasn't really felt like um, normal weather here and I'm just ready for a few days of sun I'm kind of hoping for a drought after these few days of rain I don't want any rain for another five months I don't care I woke up this morning and honestly I just felt like a complete death you know when you wake up in the middle of the night and you're kind of just like oh yeah when I wake up tomorrow morning I'm gonna I'm gonna be sick 100% that's exactly what happened um I woke up this morning feeling like death my mom visited this past weekend we had a really fun time regardless of the weather in spite of it actually um but we had to drive her back to the airport today which was sad of course but I felt like death going to the airport because I was like I really hope I'm not getting sick I came back I pretty much collapsed on the couch for about an hour but now we're up in Adam um I have some calls today and I'm doing this podcast and I'm super excited actually to kind of just get my life back together this week. The last few days have been kind of all over the place and I'm ready to get back into a routine, get my life back together. I'm also getting a gym membership here in California for the first time now, so that's exciting. My apartment complex has a gym, but honestly with my profession, everything that I do, um, my life revolves around having a nice gym and being able to have variety in my workouts so I can film and whatnot. So I am in desperate need of getting a gym membership so that way I can film for my clients, film for social media, um, expand my own, you know, fitness in general. And so I'm excited to do that this week. I have a lot of things in store that I really want to do just to optimize my routine and get back at it. And that is starting with a good healthy routine today when it comes down to getting my body back in check, getting healthy again, increasing my immune system once again, and then also just getting the tasks done that I've been putting off for the last few days. Starting with this podcast, we are in episode four of the podcast already. It's been a whole month of Girls Gone Healthy. It's actually kind of crazy. It does not feel like that it's already been four weeks, but it has. I'm so excited to see what comes um, with this podcast, what's in store for it. Today on the podcast, we are flying through some questions that I asked on Instagram. I went on Instagram. I asked you guys or people who follow me there to just ask a few questions regarding, you know, advice for health, uh, nutrition, fitness, etc., You know, it could be career questions about myself, life questions, and all of the above. So I have a good mixture of everything, and we're just going to have a really laid-back chat today talking through all of it. I have my immune support tea from Twinings, my favorite tea ever as of lately, and we're just going to cruise through all these questions. I'm super excited. The first question being, how young did you get married? So this is actually a fun one. Some people get really shocked when I tell them, but I got married at 20. Um, my husband and I, Johnny, we met each other when we were, actually, we've known each other for a really long time. I think we've known of each other since we were, I don't know, I want to say like 12, 13, something like that. But I always tell people we didn't acknowledge each other's existence until I was around 16 or 17. That's when we started 
started being friends, dating, and then we got engaged when I was 19, married at 20. So we've been together for a decent amount at this point. We've been through a lot together. Um, We went into college together. We dropped out of college together. We started our own businesses sort of together because he's a musician. Um, And obviously I do coaching and stuff like that too. So we've, we've done a lot together and it's so beautiful being able to grow our lives and build our lives together literally from the ground up um I feel like we've kind of started on a blank canvas and it's kind of a quarter of the way filled and I'm just so excited to see um what it looks like 10 20 30 40 years down the road honestly when we were getting married that young when when we even the week of the wedding I had so many people my dry cleaner lady that was one girl she was so taken aback when I told her that I was getting married because I went to pick up my rehearsal dinner dress at the dry cleaners and she was like oh who's getting married and I said I was and she was like you're too young to get married (laughs) I was like okay bye (laughs) thanks for the encouragement the night before my wedding or two nights before my wedding um but yeah people get really taken aback when they hear that And I honestly just feel like him and I were both people that, you know, kind of grew up a little bit fast and were able to handle the um, responsibility of adulting kind of quicker. And honestly, I I would not have it any other way. I don't feel like I've missed out on anything. People ask me that too. Um, Actually, on the flip side, I think that my life has been filled with much more blessing than it would have been if I took a different route. So that's on getting married young. Fave athleisure wear. Ooh, this is a good question actually. I love for athleisure any type of flare. I'm actually wearing a flared yoga pant right now um, that is like that buttery soft material from a company called Pitula. Um, I also love Buff Bunny for anything. Buff Bunny is my favorite company in general for anything athleisure athletic they just came out with the genesis collection which looks super super buttery so those two as as well as amazon sets honestly they really do hit my go-to for an athleisure outfit is to throw on a buttery pair of yoga flares like i was just saying a cute long sleeve it could be i'm wearing kind of like a waffle kind of uh textured shirt right now that's not even mine it's johnny's but um i will put on a shirt that's maybe either a little bit oversized or more of like a fitted athletic looking shirt throw a vest over it and then put on some cute boots that is my favorite go-to athleisure fit ever any type of outfit too can always be upgraded by throwing on a pair of hokas. I'm convinced of it. Hokas make anything cuter. So a little tennis skirt, um, Gold Hinge sells a lot of cute tennis skirts. Throwing on a pair of chunky hokas, cute baseball cap, little tennis looking shirt type thing. Adorable. Advice with imposter syndrome slash people not taking me seriously in my field. This is a very loaded question. Honestly, I wish I could handle or give you advice, but how does one give somebody advice when they are struggling with it on their own? I think imposter syndrome in general is a case of insecurity, and I think everybody deals with it to to a certain extent. Imposter syndrome meaning... I'm not good enough to be able to be giving the advice or giving out the service or doing the work that I am doing. I'm not qualified enough and kind of getting in your head in that way. I think it's important, first of all, to distinguish whether or not it's true. It could be true that truly 
you know, if you're in a field of nutrition, for instance, there are a lot of people that truly don't know a lot about nutrition and are not qualified to be giving out the specific advice that they are. And they're giving out more than just general information when they aren't, they don't know the as much as they should know in that area. So have the tough conversation with yourself and ask yourself, is this true? And once you decide whether or not it is true, now you have to look at yourself again and You know, if it's not true, you're going to have to get yourself outside of that comfort zone and act confident until because no one will question you act confident. So no one will question you. I definitely understand the feeling of not feeling like you're being taken seriously in your field or with what you do. I, I feel like I struggle with that, too, actually, to be completely honest, because I don't think that people actually understand the amount of hours that I've put into what I do um, and the amount of time and money and the, the amount of money that I've taken out of my savings in order to purchase um, the courses that I had to take in order to become certified and doing all of those hours, hundreds of hours on top of my full time job and and all of that it's it's just that people don't 100% understand what you had to go through in order to get there and so with that I think it's more so their problem and not yours and I think that with the information that you have and the knowledge that you withhold I think that by just using that to your to your fullest advantage use the knowledge that you have to educate people that are watching you online rather than getting down because that one person over there did not take you seriously because if you live for the approval of other people that's just what's going to completely bring your career to a dead end always be the person who is learning who's expanding their knowledge who is 24 7 curious and also don't be afraid to say I don't know to things that people ask a lot of the times for instance when colostrum first came to the surface and I know it's been out and around for quite some time now but when it became a little bit more advertised in the media in this past year or so a few people asked me about it and I truly just hadn't looked into it enough I knew what was in it and I knew its claims but I didn't 100% know if it was something that somebody should be taking and I I take that kind of thing very seriously because if I am a, a professional who is guiding other people to put certain supplements in their bodies, I'm going to take that very seriously and I'm going to make sure that I do all the research possible in real research too, not just a quick Google search before I say that it's good or not to have. So I feel like being able to just say, I'm actually not 100% sure on that. I have to look into it further actually shows a lot more about you as a professional than it does about the media or other people who are advertising these products before they really dug into the nitty gritty of the product itself or the service or whatever it might be. Aspartame was another one when that came to the surface and it was, you know, labeled on the headlines as a possible carcinogen. A lot of people really started to freak out. But the thing about headlines is that that's what they are. They are headlines to grab your attention and to, in a way, scare you. And a lot of people don't really think of doing the nitty gritty work of getting behind the headline, figuring out where it came from and whatnot. So when that, we know when that came out in 2023, I think it was in the beginning of the year, before even hopping on social media and listening to other people's opinions on it, I went into the internet and I 
deep dived for hours figuring out what was the root cause of this and then I did realize you know because I posted on social media too it wasn't exactly what we thought it was when when it posted on the headline so and then when it comes to people not taking you seriously if you think that then it might have more to do with you than it does with them maybe you think that people aren't taking you seriously because you're not taking you seriously and if you're not taking you seriously then what does that say does is it saying that you don't 100 percent believe in yourself when it comes to the knowledge that you have right now do you need to do a little bit more work to get to a place where you feel like you're credible enough to jump into the field that you're jumping into people not taking you seriously is is a part of life and especially when we're talking about nutrition and fitness from what I've noticed there are so many voices that out of a hundred people there might only be two that actually listen to you so that's kind of just food for thought next question is coffee truly healthy I found this question very very fun because this is something that I took a deep dive in um, on the research quite some time ago, but I'm pulling all this data from literature that I'm actually going to link in the show notes just in case you want to read through it yourself. There's a lot of info in there, but I'm going to sum it up for you. So coffee is directly correlated to caffeine, as we obviously know, and that is the main thing that people will flag if they're worried about, you know, their health in correlation to coffee. So we know that coffee has shown to have fat-lowering effects in humans, um, which is associated with reduced lipogenesis, which, if you don't know, lipogenesis is a fancy word, basically, that describes the process of your body making fat. So when you eat food, your body breaks it down into smaller parts called nutrients. Um, one, of those body, one of those nutrients, rather, is called glucose. We all know glucose. We love glucose, <laughs> which is a type of sugar. So when you eat more glucose than your body needs for energy, it stores the extra glucose as fat. So now this fat is stored in special cells called adipocytes. And it could be used by your body later when it needs, you know, that extra boost of energy. So anyway, lipogenesis is basically how your body turns extra sugar into fat for storage, basically. And anyway, what I said before is that coffee has shown to have a fat-lowering effect in humans, which is associated with reduced lipogenesis. So human studies, from what I've seen and what I've read, have shown that moderate consumption of coffee is associated with reduced risk of metabolic syndrome, like I said before, obesity and type 2 diabetes. However, with all of this data that we are looking at here, as is the same with everything, the dose creates the poison. And that is what I will say about every single thing in life. A lot of the times, for instance, let's take foods that aren't necessarily quote unquote healthy, less nutrient dense foods. Are they fine to eat in moderation? Of course, because if food is more than just the nutrients that you're putting into your body, food adds to your quality of life in some ways. And of course, you shouldn't be downing buckets of cake but that's the whole point the dose creates the poison as is the same you know to what i believe with coffee and also there is something to be said about drinking coffee on an empty stomach i am an advocate as you should know 
by listening to this podcast um, of drinking coffee with food or after food, not on an empty stomach, just basically for the acid. And if you do have it on an empty stomach, putting a little bit of cream in there or even a scoop of collagen or something that's going to, you know, add to it a little bit, meet it up a little bit, that will help for sure. But if you're asking the question of if coffee is bad for you, no, but if you're drinking 17 gallons of coffee a day, then it's going to become bad for you. So the dose definitely creates poison. As far as the claims of coffee increasing your cortisol if you drink it in the morning and then cortisol ultimately making you fat, don't worry about it. Um, you Your cortisol is higher in the morning and adding caffeine on top of that, sure, it might not be like the smartest thing in the entire world, but it's nothing to 100% worry about. And also this goes hand in hand with me talking about drinking coffee and eating your food at the same time, especially if you have naturally high cortisol levels. So something to think about, but nothing that's going to kill you. What to eat pre and post-workout? This is a fun question too. So pre-workout, it's always good to have um, specifically a form of simple carbohydrate. So something that's going to metabolize in your body pretty fast and um, have a little bit higher of a sugar content to give you some immediate energy. You can also have a little bit of protein for satiation so you don't find yourself dying of hunger in the middle of the workout. And it's also just better for you to spread your protein out kind of throughout the day. So it'll add to your protein goal if you have it before your workout. So that should happen, you know, 30 minutes to an hour before your workout, depending on what you're having. Try not to have anything that's too crazy heavy on your stomach. If you have something like oatmeal or something that's going to digest a little bit slower, have it a little bit before like an hour, maybe an hour or sorry, a little bit further than an hour. So like an hour to two hours before your workout. Now you're using those carbs as your energy in your workout. And now post-workout, you should have something that has a mixture of carbs. So you're going to refuel those glycogen stores. You're going to have some protein to add to your protein intake for the day, but also for satiation. And then a little bit of fast as well is important for satiation, but then also basic hormonal function and functionality in general. So that is kind of the baseline of what you should eat pre and post-workout. If you have a schedule where you can't eat pre-workout, I always recommend trying to eat pre-workout. It's going to help you a lot with performance in general, but if you have a weird schedule, at least definitely refuel after workout. Nutrient timing is absolutely everything when it comes to, um, you know, weight loss or just like a healthy lifestyle in general, and this plays into nutrient timing. So nutrient timing is basically when you are planning out when you're eating what in order to help you perform the best at your day-to-day activities. So, you know, you're eating that meal pre-workout to help you perform your best in your workout. If you have a shift, if you're a shift worker, pay attention to the meal that you're having pre-shift in order to help you perform the best during your shift, stuff like that. So that's also just something to think about. Do you want to raise kids in California? We're going back to more personal questions. I actually think I do. Never say never, but um, since coming to California, I can't really imagine myself leaving. Johnny and I both say that we want to raise cute little California kids, cute little surfers, and I couldn't really imagine doing it anywhere else. The area that we're in aligns with our values in so many different ways. And especially since um, the way that I want to raise my kids, I want them to be very attached to nature. Um, I want to homeschool them as well. And I just have visions of me, you know, going to the beach with them in the middle of the day and homeschooling them on the beach and 
um, taking them on nature walks and teaching them all about the earth and plantation and all this kind of stuff. I feel like this is the place to do that. This is the place to create the life that we want for our children. So at this time, I do envision myself raising kids in California and I can't really envision it elsewhere. Everyday vitamins that you should include in your daily routine. Okay, so first off, I want to say that it's really important to go and get blood work and whatnot done to figure out what it is you need specifically. Um, Just because, you know, if you go online and you see a video of a girl telling you all of her supplements that she's taking, that could be very individualistic to her and what she is high in, let's say like a hormone, you could be low in. So now if you take the exact supplement routine that she's taking, it could actually harm you more. So getting your own blood work done is very crucial and I would never give actual guidance on what supplements specifically you should be taking unless I knew your actual levels when it comes to your minerals. But I can give a few general guidelines. One thing that I will say that most people are deficient in, and it's come to the surface in this past year, but that is magnesium. Taking magnesium, supplementing with it is very important, especially since on average, we do not get enough magnesium in our food every single day. So that is something to think about. One thing I do recommend to a lot of people um, once taking a look at their levels, depending on if you do or do not eat things like cod liver and other things that are rich in this vitamin, zinc is important. Um, or if it's sick season. Right now, I'm going to be taking some zinc because I'm feeling a little bit deathly. One thing that's good to cover, if you want to drink greens, honestly, cool, good for you. Um, But do keep in mind that these do not take place of nutrients found in food. Usually, the serving size in a greens powder, and this might blow your mind, is like five to six grams when you should be eating at least 400 grams of veg per day. So keep that in mind. Totally fine if you are... You know, you're wanting to take the greens on top of your veg intake um, also for probiotic and prebiotic fibers to keep you regular, but it's not 100% necessary. Sometimes I do take greens. I find it fun and it's kind of like a nice little routine of mine, which leads me into the next vitamin that I do think on average most women specifically should be taking pre and probiotics. They are vital for healthy gut bacteria and you should be taking both because they need each other in order to feed off of and also build that healthy gut microbiome that we all want and love. Pre and probiotics are obviously found in food as well as is everything else, but you know, supplementation of them just to make sure that you're getting healthy amounts of both isn't harmful. It'll be good. So yeah, but keep in mind that supplements are meant to just do that. They're supposed to supplement and try to have a diet that's rich in vitamins and minerals. Um, sometimes I will just track my intake for a day and just take a look at my vitamin and mineral levels to make sure that I'm getting enough of everything. Definitely something that I would recommend. Um, Some people do if you find that, you know, you're curious to see if you're getting enough of each mineral. For instance, one thing that I'm absolutely obsessed with and implement into my daily routine is vitamin B. But I try to find this through my food as much as possible. Um, So that is why I use bee pollen on top of basically everything. So get your vitamins and minerals through food first where you can. Take a couple basic things that most people are deficient in, but I would also recommend First and foremost, getting blood work done and figuring out what you need specifically because it's going to be different for pretty much everybody. Another thing that you that is good to 
think of taking too is a fish oil if you don't have a lot of fish if you do have fish like salmon on the weekly not as needed sometimes I will kind of like supplement this and go back and forth if I am having fish that week maybe I won't take an omega Um, if I'm not having fish that week maybe I will is fasted cardio needed for fat loss this is a really fun topic and it's actually kind of crazy that um, people are still talking through this topic Um, fasted cardio No, it does not cause more fat loss than fed cardio when total work and calories burned are equated. If you're burning the exact same amount, amount, um, if you were doing fed cardio or fasted cardio, it's not going to make a difference. You will see bodybuilders do fasted cardio, but the reason why a lot of bodybuilders do cardio before they eat their first meal is because they're on a cut most of the time when they're you know when their cardio is up they're usually on a cut and they want to elongate the time period before they have their first meal so you know this is for satiation purposes it's not because something happens internally where your fat diminishes faster when you do fasted cardio versus fed and a lot of the times maybe you'll have more energy after you eat your first meal you might burn some more So no, it's not necessary, nor should it be something that you feel like you have to do. Where do I start with my health and fitness journey? There's too much info out there. I'm confused. I totally understand you. When I first started, I was very overwhelmed, mostly because there are a lot of people out there claiming to be professionals and spewing a lot of information that isn't 100% needed to be um, taken by the majority of people. A lot of content that some people put out is very niche um, and should only be used by a certain group of people. So I completely understand that it's very confusing. I think that's something to remember, um, and this this should serve as encouragement, is that a lot of the times it's less complicated than you think it is. When it comes to a healthy baseline of what you should do for fat loss, I'm about to give you the 411. Here we go. The number one thing you should focus on is weight training. A lot of girls want to look toned. A lot of girls want to look sculpted. The way to look this way is to weight train. Get yourself in the gym. Get yourself a good program. Work on yourself. Progressive overload, meaning increase the way that you're lifting in the gym with the same workout program. You want to build a good baseline, a good foundation of muscle because when you lose fat, this is how this this sculpted toned look is going to come about. You're going to Be lean enough to show the muscle mass that you have gained. No, you're not going to get bulky. It takes years for girls to get bulky. A lot of the times when somebody looks bulky, it's because they have muscle and then they have a little bit of extra fat, adipose tissue on top of that muscle. So this creates that bulkier look. Um, On the flip side, a lot of people have the genetics to be able to build muscle faster. A lot of women don't. Therefore, they have to get on some performance-enhancing drugs in order to look this way. So don't worry about being bulky. Just get yourself in the gym. Get yourself a good program. And in terms of nutrition, make sure you are in a calorie deficit. Any diet that you hear people talking about on the internet, tune your ears out. Just turn away. Get yourself in a calorie deficit. Eat an, an adequate amount of carbs, fats, proteins. Prioritize protein. Do not cut out an entire macronutrient. Eat mainly whole foods as much as you possibly can. Eat loads of veggies, berries, etc. And lastly, 
One thing that I would recommend almost across the board for a lot of girls is to have a step goal per day or just to have a goal of getting out and walking for a certain amount of time per day. Walking is so underestimated for fat loss. If you get an average of 10K steps a day, which that's like a random number that somebody just threw out there, but so let's say you burned about 250 extra calories per day by getting 10k steps you are burning an extra 1750 calories per week do you realize how helpful that is when you are trying to lose weight and not even with weight loss as well walking is so underestimated for energy stabilization hormonal function blood flow mental health and clarity emotional stabilization the list could go on and on and on so to put it in a nutshell if you want to lose weight eat in a calorie deficit if you don't want to lose weight you want to maintain your weight you just want to get healthy focus on getting protein in, getting a good amount of carbs and fats per day focusing on fiber aiming for at least 20 to 25 grams of fiber depending on your weight and height load that plate up with fruits and veggies and volume rich foods implement nutrient timing which is what i was talking about before focus on weightlifting and getting strong in the gym and then move a lot per day that is the recipe for success should i track my calories after disordered eating if you did if you listened to the episode that i did about two weeks ago um talking all about my you know eating disorder story I would go and listen to this if you haven't, if you asked this question or if you didn't and you're interested in this, go listen to that episode so you can hear my story about it. From my point of view, it depends on the person. So for me, when it came to disordered eating, the way that I got out of it was, well, basically what happened was I didn't track, obviously, after getting out of it and my appetite kind of just haywired and I entered a state of like a binge for a few years and so the way that I got out of that cycle which turned into a second eating disorder basically was starting to track my macros so from my point of view it actually did help me get out of that disordered state because I was looking at it in a different point of view I was no longer looking at it like a game how little can I get per day I was tracking my macros now not just calories so I was thinking how many nutrients can I can can I get in per day and it was a different kind of game because now it was I'm hitting these goals and I'm trying to get enough fiber enough protein enough omega-3 fatty acids and so it definitely helped my perspective a lot and the way that I viewed nutrition but it depends on the person. You need to know yourself. If you think it could get you, get you to a place where you're going to become unhealthily obsessive over it, please do not track your cows. One thing that you could do if you're trying to hit you know, a certain goal, whether you're trying to gain muscle or whatnot, um, and you want to make sure you're getting enough of things, but you don't necessarily want to track everything, just track your protein. It's okay. You can just do that. If you have been in a disordered eating kind of domino effect cycle, this is something to consider when you're thinking about tracking calories. Tracking calories may reinforces obsessive thoughts if you were obsessive over calorie tracking before so keep that in mind it might trigger restrictive patterns so those two things specifically if those are going to come and resurface for you and you feel like it's going to happen I would say maybe back off of calorie tracking for a little bit until you feel like you are in a place mentally where you can take control of those thoughts um and be balanced with it again, which again, one thing that you could do is just track protein that could help if you really want to track calories. 
So it's not a one-size-fits-all question. For me, it helped, but I know for a lot of other girls that I work with, it won't help for them. And I never, ever want to put any of my clients in a position where um, they are starting to feel themselves inch back into that mindset because there's nothing more stripping So you guys, those are all the questions I'm going to answer today. I hope you enjoyed this episode regardless of my sick tone, but um, maybe every single month I'll do kind of like a Q&A styled episode because I really enjoyed going through all of these questions. I feel like there was a decent amount of variety. Next week is Valentine's Day week, and I'm very excited for the episode that I'm dropping next week where we talk all about relationships. I'm going to be talking about relationship with food, relationship with exercise, relationship with people, friendships, romantic relationships, etc. So if if there's anything that you want me to cover on that podcast, anything that you have on the top of your mind right now, feel free to shoot me a message on Instagram, TikTok, or whatever, and I will be sure to cover it in the pod next week. Please give this podcast a review a rating it helps me so 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 much and being on week four of creating the podcast I am so hoping that I am able to reach more of an audience so I can help as many girls as possible with this platform so rating and reviewing it would be so helpful for me and that is everything until next week on girls gone healthy bye